It's time for Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the show focusing on fishing, hunting, outdoor recreation, destinations, and conservation in the region where you live and play. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lure Company, Sportsman's Warehouse, and Wallowa County. And now, let's see what's going on in the field and on the water with your host, John Cruz. We're starting off with bad news out of Washington State, where the Fish and Wildlife Commission has once again gone against the recommendation of biologists and the director of the Department of Fish and Wildlife and has canceled the spring bear hunt. The first cancellation came after a number of anti-hunters testified in mass against it last fall. After that, hunters worked hard to make their voices heard and get a petition to be reviewed by the commission, but to no avail. The commission, on a 5-4 vote, said no, and worse still, an attorney with a track record of voting against hunting issues, Barbara Baker, is the new chairperson of the Fish and Wildlife Commission. Governor Inslee appears to be stacking the deck against hunters and anglers with his commission appointees, and if you hunt, fish, or believe in science-based conservation, this is not a good thing. So, what's a hunter to do this spring? Well, there is always turkey hunting. That is coming up soon. And whether you're in Washington or any of our other northwestern states, this is probably a really good week to start scouting for those turkeys. Find out where they're at. If they're on private land, see if you can get permission to hunt them up on opening morning. This week on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we'll be talking about happier subjects with audio recorded last week at the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show in Spokane. We'll start off talking with Max Lure Pro Staffer Eric Magnuson, who has some great suggestions about where to go fishing in eastern Washington and the Idaho Panhandle this spring. Right after that, Bob Loomis joins us for an extended Max Minute with some suggestions about what to use to catch trout out of lakes in the weeks ahead, and then we'll chat with Steve and Peggy Temple. They are the longtime owners of Clark Fork Outfitters in St. Regis, Montana, and they were inundated during the COVID pandemic with a new breed of fly fishing enthusiasts they call the Pandanglers. We'll explain what that means right after the bottom of the hour. Following that, we'll talk with not one, but two fishing guides at once. That would be Craig Dowdy with YJ Guide Service and Steve Morris with SJM Guide Service. Both of them are heading to the confluence of the Snake and Palouse Rivers in southeast Washington near Lyons Ferry, where they're going to spend the next few weeks. Their target? Channel catfish. Yes, you heard that right. Not salmon, not walleye, not bass, but channel cats, and some pretty big ones, too. Last but not least, Milt Gudgel, the longtime owner of Pacific Salmon Charters out of Ilwaco at the mouth of the mighty Columbia River, will tell you about the fun and affordable opportunities waiting for you in the Pacific Ocean for bottomfish, halibut, salmon, and even tuna. Throw in our Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week, where you get a chance to win a $25 gift card from America's Premier Outfitter. And once again, we've got a lot coming your way in the hour ahead. So let's get it started the way we always do with another edition of Sportsman Spotlight with David Sparks, brought to you every week by the Ag Information Network of the West. Many reasons why proper game carcass disposal is important. David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. Whether it's an animal salvaged from the roadway or harvested during hunting season, it's important to dispose of the carcass properly after processing is complete. Hunters are required to remove and care for all edible portions of meat. All inedible portions should be double bagged, securely tied, and put in your garbage container for collection. Here's Fish and Game official 
Roger Phillips. This is a big one this time of year because people don't want their deer and elk bones, you know, kind of stinking up their garbage or whatever. So they might be tempted to go dump them in a vacant lot or someplace off the side of the road. And that's just not the way to do it because a lot of things can happen and none of them are good when that happens. And first, it's littering. It's against the law. Second, it attracts scavengers, which if it's near a road can cause problems on the highway. And it just kind of gives hunters a bad name when people go out there and see a carcass laying out there. And then another one that is important is people mistake those for a poached animal. And so sometimes our conservation officers get called about a poaching case when it's really just a carcass that's been dumped. So we'd appreciate it if people didn't do that. If your residence does not have garbage collection services, the remains may be taken to county transfer stations. David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. When you're a rancher, you learn to listen to the land. It's a silent partnership. Invest wisely. It'll pay off for the long haul. Rejuva Herbicide can restore your rangeland with up to four years of cheatgrass control. That means greener pastures with three and a half times the perennial grass production. Your land is calling for improved grazing capacity and a stronger bottom line. Answer at rejuva.com. Always read and follow label instructions. Rejuva is a registered trademark of Bayer Crop Science. Not all products are registered in all states. At Northwest Farm Credit Services, we're owned by agricultural producers, so we're 100% focused on their success. And when our customers do well, we do too. We share profits with our customer members through cash patronage dividends. It's a unique benefit of financing with a cooperative, one you won't find with any other lender. And as we've grown, so have the cash patronage benefits paid to our customers. To learn more about the benefits of being a customer member, give us a call. Northwest Farm Credit Services, here to help you grow. Equal opportunity provider and employer, equal housing lender. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is the voice for your public lands, waters, and wildlife. From the Canadian Yukon to the Florida Everglades, we're stepping up to conserve North America's public lands, defend our hunting and fishing traditions, and expand access to the outdoors. Find out how you can get involved at backcountryhunters.org. You can fish from a boat, or you can stand on shore, or you can use a pontoon with carpet on the floor. You can sit upon a dock or wait out to a big You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Well, we've got audio for you recorded from the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show in Spokane. We got in there before the show started to reach out to some of the speakers and exhibitors here, and one of them is Eric Magnuson. He's a pro staffer for Max Lure. Got to fish with him at Long Lake in December. We had a great day on the water, reeling in trout in a hurry. Eric, great to see you again. Nice to see you too, John, and uh, I'm glad to see you here at the Bighorn Show. Well, it's good to be seen, as they say. (laughs) And and I I thought what we'd do today... Let's talk about a seminar that you're giving here at the show about area lakes to go fishing around here, because I think a lot of folks don't know how rich this region is with fishing opportunities. Now, ice fishing season's coming to an end, so let's focus on spring open water lakes, and let's start off with some trout lakes, and why don't we use I-90 as a dividing line? When it comes to south of I-90, where are you sending people for trout or otherwise. South of I-90, I look towards like Williams Lake. A great lake, great species. They, they stock that lake, as we all know, not with just the uh, typical rainbows, but there's some of the bigger trout lodge species in there as well. Not only that, folks, but they've got two great resorts down there. They've got Bunkers and they've got Clink's Resort, too. Both are great places to stay, and you'll definitely have a good time down there at Williams when that opens up. And that's an April opener, isn't it? It is April, yep. All right, let's head north of I-90 because there's a whole slew of lakes you got to be fishing up north. 
There is. One of my favorites, Waits Lake, but right now it's still about 90% capped with ice. So unfortunately, we're, we're in this unique season where we got a very late ice season. We're walking off the ice just last week. Many lakes are still ice fishable, but Waits Lake would be one of my key trout lakes to go to and where we went to Long Lake as well. That lake is uh, just filling up. It's about two to three feet away from full pool and it will be fishable very soon. What about Jump Off Joe Lake? Back in the day, that used to be a pretty good destination. It still is. Once in a while, you'll still come across some very nice German browns in that lake. Uh, We occasionally fish it for perch and we'll come across some very nice trout in there. Heading up towards Colville, there's a few lakes up there, aren't there? There is. uh, Even if you want to get into the chain lakes, those are great trout fisheries. I'm trying to think. Even Hatch Lake, it's a small lake, but very great trout fishery as well. Let's talk about other species besides trout. If you want to go after bass, where would you send folks? As soon as that ice is off, I'm heading to Eloika Lake before the weeds start growing. There's some phenomenal largemouth in there. And if I'm looking for smallmouth, I'm heading to Long Lake and Roosevelt. You know, Roosevelt's just such a, a diverse fishery. You've got bass, you've got walleye, you've got kokanee, you've got rainbow trout. Uh, right now, the walleye bite is very good. Mutual friend of ours, Steve Morris of the SJM Guide Service, just been doing great up there. How long does that walleye bite usually hold up there? So right now in the early spring, they're starting to stage on their spawn. So it's hot and heavy right now up into the arm. The arm right now is a little dirty, but up into the arm, it's going to get really good. Up towards Kettle Falls, it's really good. That spring bite will hold on a little bit longer, but you'll find fish scattered in that whole entire system throughout the summer. Let's head south of I-90 again. Got to ask you about a lake I used to fish in college, Rock Lake. Oh. (laughs) Now, I've caught trout out of there. I've caught crappie out of there. I'm guessing there's probably bass in there, too. There's great bass, and there's some big carp as well, too. I, I know a few carp fishermen, yes, carp fishermen that key in on that lake for carp. There's great bass fishing, really great bass fishing. Um, we've caught bass on accident throwing out some trout gear before. So, yep, great bass fishing. One of my favorites. Is that a smallmouth or largemouth? It was a largemouth. And it, it's one of the most phenomenal uh, trout fisheries we have out here. It is, and a lot of folks don't know about it. And folks, not just rainbows, it's brown trout too. And I don't know if you've had that experience, but when I used to fish it back in my college days, those trout, they wisen up in a hurry. I mean, we would be throwing spinners, and we would literally like hook two or three or four, and all of a sudden they'd shut off. And you'd have to change to something completely different because they just got educated so fast. And they do. Uh, a lot of times we'll start with spinners and your typical wedding rings and stuff like that. We find a lot of times just trolling crankbaits. Maybe with a little bit of an ounce lead weight in line. I guess we should also talk about this, and I think you kind of hit on it right there. You know, if, if you're going out to any of these lakes we've mentioned, and especially a multi-species lake, and you got a boat, you're trolling, what do you like to troll? Okay, so there's about three things I really key in. You can't go wrong with a wedding ring. You really can't. It's been around for a long time, and it's very fishy. A fly, a trolling fly, and I usually I keep the, most of my things I'm trolling behind a dodger or a sling blade. And... Don't forget about the Wally Pop. That thing is amazing for walleye and trout as well. Mr. Bob Schmidt learned that little technique where you pull that bead out and you pack that thing with a nightcrawler or scent, and it works amazing for trout and walleye. Oh, yes. You know, it's funny you said that. We're just rolling out a new ad for the Max Wally Pop right now. And, folks, yes, it's going to be the most annoying ad you've ever heard. That's uh, kind of done with the tune of the Cordette's Lollipop. I'll give you a hint on that. All right. I guess since we are so close to the border with Idaho, we've got to briefly talk about Lake Coeur d'Alene. Again, another lake that just has all sorts of different fish available. Very good fishery. Uh, you know, they got Chinook in there, a great kokanee fishery. A lot of these uh, bays are getting some of the ice off, and a lot of guys will 
go down where you can access the shoreline and uh, throw out some uh, cut bait for some pike. You know, and pike is a dirty word. It is a four-letter word in Washington and Oregon. Nobody wants to, to say it, even on the air. But when I got to go pike fishing up in the Northwest Territories of Canada, I had an absolute hoot. And I've always wanted to go to those bays at Lake Coeur d'Alene and do some fishing for those pike. Tell me exactly how you do it. So, yeah, we go out there, uh, depending on the what we're using for cut bait, if we're using a whole fish or um, just some cut bait, we're using big treble hooks. And what kind of bait? Typically, maybe we'll use silvers, our leftover silvers, or rainbow trout, and perch as well. They love perch. Any scent or just naked? A lot of us run naked, but I do use a lot of Procure scents. And I guess I got to ask, what kind of Procure scent does a pike like? You know, I've done well with garlic. I've done well with the shrimp. Whatever I have, I'll, I'll slather on there myself. I, I'm a big scent guy. So are you fishing this cut bait under a slip bobber? Or are you fishing it off the bottom? How are you doing it? I typically fish it off the bottom. Uh, I got a good buddy that fishes his off bobbers, and he does really well. He looks for that line to take off running. And yeah, slip bobbers are off the bottom. You're going to find them pretty good in the shallows. What about the, the traditional pike spoons that they throw back in Canada, you know, whether it's the five of diamonds or a big old daredevil, do those work too? You know, I'm not a big caster for pike. If I'm in the boat, I've done that, but from the shore, I can almost guarantee you it'd be possible. And let's briefly touch on a couple of other Idaho lakes that you'd recommend in the spring for fishing. One of my favorite, as soon as ice is off, is uh, Hauser Lake, which is just over the border from here, from Spokane. We uh, pick up some amazing bluegill. I mean, I'm a big bluegill fisherman, and when you're chasing bluegills up into almost the 10-inch range. Oh, wow. Yeah, that gets me excited. Isn't Hauser a good walleye lake, too? There's no walleye in Hauser. Okay, my mistake. That's fine. Uh, It's uh, good bass fishing and amazing crappie as well. Sounds like my kind of lake as well. Okay, folks, you got some great ideas now about some places to go fishing. So if you missed the seminar, and if you're listening to this, you probably did because it's being broadcast a week after the show, you are now in the know about where to go fishing in eastern Washington and the panhandle of Idaho to get in some great fishing this spring. Any sort of website you want to give out folks should go to, Eric? Yeah, not only Max Lure, but also look up our Clum Dog Outdoors. And why don't you spell Clum Dog? Yeah, C-L-U-M-D-O-G. That's Clum Dog Outdoors. All sorts of interesting things there, including a guide service. And Max Lure, of course, longtime sponsor of the show, M-A-C-K-S-Lure.com, MaxLure.com. And don't forget to sign up for the Mac Attack, the free newsletter, while you're there, too. Eric, thanks for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Thanks for having me. Wally pop, wally pop, oh wally, 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 wally pop, wally pop, oh wally, 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 wally pop, wally pop, oh wally, 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 wally pop. Sweeter than a crawler on two hooks, spinning smile blade all the time. Fill the tube with scent to catch those fish in a walleye, you're mine. It's the wally pop, only from Max Lure. Go fishing, make money, help out, and have fun. That's what the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery is all about. From May 1st through September 30th, catch pike minnow out of the Columbia and Snake Rivers and turn them in for cash. Pike minnow eat juvenile salmon and steelhead. Each one you catch helps more juvenile fish reach the ocean. Pike minnow are worth anywhere from 5 to 8 bucks, and keep an eye out for tagged fish worth $500. Find out more at pikeminnow.org and go fishing. 
Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. with more of the great outdoors on Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. It's that time again. It's time for another Max Minute brought to you every week by Max Lauren. With us after a bit of an absence is Bob Loomis. Bob, great to have you back. Thanks, John. So let's talk trout fishing. The states of Idaho and Oregon and Washington, they are all dumping trout into lakes in these respective states. A lot of folks are heading to those lakes to catch them. And a lot of them are fishing out of small boats, maybe pontoon boats, maybe kayaks, maybe float tubes. What would you recommend for those folks who want to get into some of these trout? You know what? Uh, trolling for trout, you know, that that's kind of uh, one of the original product lines that Max Lure came out with 53 years ago. And that is, you know, the double whammy classic. The small metal blade with the beads, taper beads, and the uh, wedding ring band in there with a double hook set up. Well, hold on. What's the difference between this and just the classic wedding ring spinner? Well, the classic wedding ring spinner is the exact same type of setup, but it only has a single hook. The double whammy, as it denotes, has a double hook setup. Oh, the things you learn on this show, folks. The things you learn. <laughs> All right. So why the two hooks instead of one if we're going after trout? Well, trolling applications, you know, when you're moving in the water like that, fish are chasing, fish are coming from the side, having a double hook set up really helps ensure that you get hooked up and keep those fish on. So having the double hook set up versus a single works pretty good. Well, there you go, folks. Your choice, the classic wedding ring or the double whammy. They're both going to catch trout. And stick around for next week because we're going to have some suggestions on what to put in front of that as an attractor. You can find the double whammy and the wedding ring and other products from Max Lure for trout, kokanee, walleye, and more at maxlure.com. Thanks as always, Bob. Thank you. Wedding rings? I've had as many as I've got fingers on my hands. I started off with the Wedding Ring Classic, of course. That smooth blade from Indiana. That beaded body. The sharp hook. We caught a lot of trout together over the years, but then that patented smile blade wedding ring, well, let's just say it took my fancy, along with the trout and the kokanee. Now I'm going through this new age sort of phase. You might say I'm hooked on the new high UV colored wedding rings and I'm catching more fish than ever. So yeah, I've got a whole bunch of wedding rings. You should get some too. Don't look at the jewelry store though. These wedding ring spinners are from Max Lure and you'll find them at the Sporting Goods Store near you or online at maxlure.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. Public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. 
I'm gonna take you fishing, honey You're gonna love it Gonna get up before the sun Rise above us Got a bamboo pole and a leaky boat It ain't much, but if you pay a little You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio We are broadcasting from the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show in Spokane I got here a little bit before the show started And had to check in on two people I enjoy seeing every time this show happens That would be Steve and Peggy Temple They are the owners of Clark Fork Outfitters. You can find their website at ClarkForkTrout.com or better still, stop by their fly shop in Regis, Montana. Great to have you both back on the air. Well, good morning. We're happy to be here. Yeah, it's nice to be here after our two-year break. Absolutely. So I've got to ask, how did the pandemic treat you at the fly shop, Steve? Well, we had business that was consistent throughout the pandemic. A lot of visitors were coming from out of state because they couldn't travel anywhere else, so they seemed to come to Montana and go camping. We um, ran into a new issue this year, which is we had a lot of visitors that had never fished. They'd never been to Montana. We nicknamed it the Pandanglers. (laughs) (laughs) And so my guides had to kind of adjust to coaching and teaching brand new fishermen. And it was a bit of an adjustment, but I think it exposed us to a new market. I'll I'll bet it was, because, I mean, you and I always tell folks, you don't have to have a lot of experience to get in a boat with a guide, but usually there's some level of fishing experience before you get in the boat with a guide. So to have somebody absolutely brand new who doesn't even know how to cast, that is probably some extra work for the guide. Well, it was pretty clear they'd hooked up their RVs, and they came to Montana, and now they're wandering around looking for things to do, whether it's mountain biking or fishing. So that was about half the customers that we visited with this year. And it, it, as I mentioned, it does require an adjustment, because when we get them in a boat, we've got to teach them from the ground up. You know, Peggy, when I, when I wander to a fly shop generally, I see a lot of high-end rods, high-end reels, all sorts of flies as an assortment, of course. You know, some waders, that sort of thing. But especially for these pandanglers who have literally never fished before, but, hey, I'm in Montana, I guess I better fly fish. Did you have, like a, for lack of a better word, a beginner's kit set up for these people so they could actually just get out on the river and start fishing? We do. We have a couple of different just introductory type levels that come all outfitted with a case, line, reel, everything. Just You just put it together and out you go. So we'd help them pick out some flies, a couple little accessories that they really need to have, and send them on out. So we did a lot of that in the last couple of years. Did you get a lot of people coming back, you know, trying out fly fishing and saying, I'm hooked on the sport? Absolutely. And you could tell it when you sell flies because their very first visit to a shop is give me five flies I need to go fish. And then the next day or the day after they come back in and now they're asking about bluing olives and parachute atoms. And so they've they've got a little bit of knowledge now. And it's kind of fun to walk them through it. But um, it's just a different approach, I think, to retailing and for guiding. You know, Peggy, in the past, I know you've offered some classes for women anglers. That was pre-pandemic, of course. You know, with these new panned anglers, were you offering any beginner's classes during the pandemic so folks could really, you know, pardon the pun, get their feet wet? I did. I actually taught quite a few couples that would come in, mother-daughters. It was a lot more on the kind of private where they would call and say, I want to learn to fish. So I set them down and we'd go through a class for the day then go out on the river in the afternoon so it did a lot of that the past couple of years of just teaching the absolute newbies let's take a look at 2022 going to be a little bit different you've got a lot of people that have definitely discovered the outdoors discovered fishing and you know are going to be coming to montana but then again we've got these high high gas prices looking into the crystal ball 
What do you think things are going to look like this summer? Well, I think I'm most worried about inflation um, over everything else because the price of all of our equipment and supplies has taken a big jump. I mean, it's just an adjustment for us right now. And we'll go through, I think, a cycle of where the vacationers that are paying high prices for fuel are going to have to pay high prices for equipment as well. And it's affected our cost of our trips. So the biggest thing that we'll have to confront this year, I think, is inflation across the board for everybody and everything. I know the last two years, a lot of fly shops all over the western U.S. had real problems, you know, with the supply chain. Getting rods, getting waders, getting nets, getting everything in stock. Are we over that now? Are you pretty well stocked again or not? Peggy, I'll let you take this one. Well, we're stocked, but yeah, we have troubles with the supply chain. We Last year, we got our spring order in October. Oh, wow. So that kind of affected some things, and we're trying to order early. So hopefully all of that that we've ordered will be coming in here. So we're hoping we're kind of past that, but we do have a lot of stock that we've tried to do over the winter, so we're ready. All right, before we go, let's break down the basic services because it has been a couple of years. So number one, you've got the fly shop in St. Regis, and that's open daily? Thursday through Sunday. All right, and the hours? We're open at 8 in the morning, and we stay open until we get our trips back. Usually that's 5 or 6. And that's number two, are the trips themselves. Obviously the Clark Fork is right there at St. Regis, but you also offer guided trips on the Bitterroot, the Blackfoot, the Dearborn, and the Missouri. Got to admit, I'm not familiar with the Dearborn. Tell me about that river. Well, that's a little special secret we've got. It flows into the Missouri, and it's a stretch of river that's over 20 miles long, and there's no access except for the put-in and take-out. So it's a big day, but you'll never see another vehicle or another person on that river. It's really a unique trip, but you've got to be ready from a dawn to dusk day. That sounds okay. Are we talking rainbows, cutthroat, brown trout, all the above? Well, they come out of the Missouri, so there's a mixture of everything. They're primarily 12 to 14-inch fish, but there's a lot of them. And that's kind of like you see up on the North Fork of the Flathead, where you'll catch a lot of fish, but not real big-sized fish. That river is closed during the spawn, so it protects the spawn. But, you know, it's, it's just a fun, incredibly beautiful river. I compare it to the Smith River. It's identical to the Smith River in feel. Last but not least, are you going to be offering some of these private lessons for couples or maybe some other seminars and classes? I am. I've uh, got two classes set up, and the Kalispell Show actually filled up one of them. So I'm looking at setting another one, but I'm always open to doing private lessons if people want to listen or if some gals want to get together and come down and do it for a day. So just get hold of us through the website, and we can figure something out. All right. And that website, folks, really easy, Clark forktrout.com that's clarkforktrout.com if you're a woman listening or you're a couple and you want to learn more about fly fishing talk to peggy if you want to book a guided trip you can talk to either peggy or steve and if you just want to drop by the shop they'll steer you in the right direction and set you up with the right tackle you need steve peggy great to check in with you again thanks for sharing your story with us today on northwestern outdoors radio thanks thank you This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at Sina Sea Seafoods. They are the folks that 
offer you wild-caught Alaskan seafood from Prince William Sound, and they will ship it right to your door. They handle it so carefully, from the time they catch it to the time they package it, and they will put it in meal-sized portions so you can enjoy a veritable seafood feast during this season of Lent. And I got some feedback after we talked about crab last week. People were asking about the Alaskan king crab. That's sold out, but they have wild Alaskan tanner crab. This is also called bear dice snow crab. And just like the Alaskan king crab, these were caught right out of pots that were dropped into Prince William Sound. And tanner crab, like I said before, is the very sweetest of the snow crab species. It's characterized by a sweet, rich, succulent taste. These tanner crab legs, they've got a smooth shell. They're really easy to break, really easy to maneuver. And you can order a cluster right now. That's three legs and one claw, perfect meal for one person. It's pre-cooked, individually frozen, ready to eat. All you have to do is just defrost it in the refrigerator overnight and then reheat it if you choose to do so. It tastes fine cold, but you can bake it, you can steam it, or you can barbecue it. At 325 for four minutes, it'll be ready to go and you are going to absolutely love your meal of Tanner Crab from Sina Sea Seafood. Just go to Sina Sea, that's spelled S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com, order yourself some tanner crab or any of the other great seafood they have available and be sure to use the promo code outdoors radio when you do for 10 percent off the sun rise above us got a bamboo pole and a leaky boat it ain't much but if you bail it'll float i'm gonna take you fishing honey you're gonna love it Come to Oregon's Wallowa County for outdoors adventure. Hike, ride, paddle, fish, or sightsee to your heart's content. And then visit one of our wonderful towns, whether it be Joseph with its beautiful bronze statues, our county seat in Enterprise, or one of our charming small towns like Wallowa, Imnaha, or Troy, where you can eat, shop, and sleep before continuing your adventure the next day. Plan your visit now at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. This is a first, folks. I'm at the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show. We're getting ready to get going here. I've never interviewed two guides at one time, but I've got Steve Morris here with SJM Guide Service. I've also got Craig Dowdy here with YJ Guide Service, and they're both heading down to the mouth of the Palouse River at the Snake over by Lions Ferry in April to go after channel cats. Gentlemen, great to have you back on the air. Great to be here. We love you. <laughs> Craig, we're going to start with you because you've been doing this longer in terms of the catfishing deal. You know, what is prime time for the catfish down there at Lions Ferry in the Palouse? And generally, it's about the time we do the show. But the last couple of years, it's been a little bit later. So we've started our trips the second week of April and running them into the beginning of May. Why don't you walk us through a guided catfishing trip down there? Most of our trips are about five, six-hour trips. We run up the Palouse sometimes, or we'll fish the mouth of the Palouse. We supply all your gear, uh, all your bait. You bring a fishing license and dress for the weather. And if we're lucky and the fish are cooperating, we put a bunch of them in the live well. 
And how big do these catfish get on average? These fish down there average four or five pounds, and I think the biggest we caught last year was about 25 pounds. Now, Steve, how many years have you been down there on the Palouse doing this? I just started fishing down there last year with Craig, just basically taking his overflow. So last year was the first year that I concentrated on cats. Always curious about bait. What's the preferred bait for catfish? So my preferred bait is rainbow trout, by far. Fresh cut bait, the fresher the better. And are you using the same thing, Craig? Yep, any type of fresh uh, cut bait you definitely want. Everybody says, oh, I want to leave it out. Stinky is better. It's like, no, fresher the better. And we'll actually see our catch rates drop even as that fresh bait starts to get two, three, four days old. Interesting, really interesting. You know, one thing I've noticed the one time I went down there is you're going to do a lot better fishing out of a boat, but you can actually fish from shore right there at the state park at Lions Ferry and catch some. So I've seen people, I've never done it off the shore, but I've seen people fish off of the jetty that's there and catch a few there. It's a little bit deep for what these cats like. They like the shallower, you know, two to four feet, somewhere in there is what they seem to feed in. I know if you're willing to wander through the brush out there on some of the dikes, you can eventually get out there. You might pick up some ticks along the way, but uh, you can get out to where you can get some catfishing. I did see some people have success out there. But back to the guided fishing in the boats where the success rate is going to be quite a bit better. How far up the Palouse do you go? All the way up to the falls? No, we make it up to the first real island that's up there where the river splits. You get above that and your water depth just goes super shallow and just dangerous. To run all the way up to the falls is a small little window in the springtime when the water flows high. And that's about the only time you can really run it. Steve, do these tend to be combo trips where you're also after bass and walleye or are you just focused on catfish? So I'm going to be just focused on catfish more than anything. I will have stuff to fish walleye. If it's just terrible catfishing, we can go try walleye for a little bit. All right. Same with you, Craig? Yep, correct. We try to stick with the species that we're targeting for the most part. Obviously, this has become pretty popular. If you have to bring in Steve to help you out with this, there is growing demand for catfishing here in Washington State. There is, and a lot of people, I think it's another one of those, they moved from back east, they move here and they find out, oh, we got catfish here, I want to learn how to do it, I don't want to waste a lot of time and gas trying to figure it out. So they book a trip with us and go out, learn what they need to learn, learn where to go, how to do it, and then they're set. Well, before we go, let's give out some websites and some Facebook pages so folks can book catfishing trips with you starting now and running through May on the Palouse River at Lions Ferry in the Palouse country of Washington State. Steve, we'll start with you at SJM Guide Service. So sjmguideservice.com or 509-435-6486. Craig? yjguideservice.com or 509-999-0717. And if you didn't get the numbers, again, just go to yjguideservice.com for Craig Dowdy or sjmguideservice.com for Steve Morris. Both are excellent guys. They're going to show you a fun day on the water, and more than likely, you're going to come home with a bunch of catfish. Gentlemen, good luck this spring. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Next up on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got audio that we've recorded at the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show. And if you go to any sportsman show in the Northwest, you're going to probably see Milt Gudgel. He's the longtime owner of Pacific Salmon Charters, based in Iwako at the mouth of the Columbia River. Uncle Milt, great to have you on the show again. Good morning, John. Good to see you. And no, we're not related, but I feel like he's my uncle because I've known him for so long, and so many people call him Uncle Milt here in the industry. Let's run through some of the fisheries that we've got going. Now, 
bottom fishing is open, but I understand it's been pretty rough so far in March in terms of trying to get out there to get after those rockfish and lingcod. Yes, uh, John, first day, 23-foot swells. It's just not fishery, so... No, I don't think anybody wants to go fishing in 23-foot swells. That is the ultimate deadliest catch. Uh, I don't know about this Saturday yet. I haven't heard, but the weather was pretty iffy, and we don't want to take people out there and scare them, beat them up, and not get any fish. That wouldn't be the right thing to do. No, it wouldn't. And we should point out, you actually have a whole fleet of boats. They're sizable boats. And these bottom fishing trips, they're pretty fast and furious, aren't they? Very fast and furious. Everybody has two fish on at once unless you're fishing for lingcod, and once in a while that will happen too. But we're catching primarily yellowtail rockfish now. We're oh, really? You're not catching the black ones or the blues? Well, we've moved off the blacks, but they're smaller fish, and there's not as many of them. And the blacks, we have to fish in Oregon, the limit's only five. In Washington, the limit is seven. Which would you rather have, five or seven? I oh. guess, so basically it's... Seven yellowtails in Washington or five blacks in Oregon? That's correct, but you get two lingcod also, provided that you know how. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. All right. I mean, are you heading down towards Garibaldi to fish for them? Well, we head south, yeah. We fish it uh, off seaside. Gotcha, gotcha. And on the Washington side, where are you fishing? For blacks, we would fish what we call the wheat ship. It's right next to the beach, practically, but it's very, very difficult to fish because of the currents there. So we're fishing offshore. 450 feet. These schools of fish may run from 50 feet under the boat all the way to the bottom. They're huge, huge schools of fish. So if you're mad enough to get the rod over the reel and pull the release, and when you feel your sinker going bump, 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 bump on the way down, stop. That's where they're at. (laughs) All right. Well, that's the bottom fishing. A lot of folks want to catch halibut because they are some of the best tasting fish you'll get out of the sea when is halibut season this year and do you have openings opening date uh, for halibut starts may 5th the 8th and the 22nd the 26th thursdays and sundays primarily then there will be additional days into june if we don't catch all the fish limits one halibut right one halibut per day you can also keep rockfish and lingcod now finally Well, that is good. So you're actually going to have a a combo fish day. You could possibly have it, yes. It depends on how well you do the halibut fishing. Because the hours are booked for eight hours or limits. Gotcha. Now, let's talk salmon. I mean, we're sitting here at the end of March. We still don't know when the salmon season is going to start, do we? No, we do not. And I think it's ludicrous that we don't know at this date because Alaska knows their dates. They're opening June 15th. B.C. opens on June 15th. Why can't the state of Washington open on June 50 on an annual basis like bottom fish opens the second Saturday in March every year? Well, it seems like a, a reasonable question to ask. Maybe somebody from ODFW or WDFW wants to contact me and weigh in on that because you're right. You can always have the season dates and you can always adjust those dates if necessary. That's correct. They can adjust the dates. They can uh, adjust the limits. There's all kinds of tools that they have in their box. They could close days of the week, which would make the season also last longer. If you close one or two days of the week, you could still go bottom fishing. And you're absolutely right. Now that you're mentioning this, this all makes a lot of sense. Because in your line of work, you're here at these shows. People want to book a salmon trip with you. And you're telling them, well, I don't know if we're going to be open then. So I can't take your money. 
Well, that's correct. The only thing we can tell them is there will be a season in August. We already know that because <laughs> buoy 10 opens, but we don't like fishing in the river. It's called combat fishing. I don't know if any of you ever seen the pictures last year, one guideboat sitting on top of another guideboat. I saw that. That was pretty tragic, very fortunate somebody didn't get killed. No, that's why you got the bigger boats. You're heading out into the ocean. I like that a lot. Now, one last fishery we should talk about here, tuna fishing. I didn't hear a whole lot about tuna fishing last year, except that maybe they were a long ways offshore. Well, that's correct. The best day we had last year was 70 fish. That was the best day we had. Generally, it was 15, 20 fish a day. The year prior, it was 80 to 100 fish a boat on a one-day trip. Live bait. It's an awesome fishery. All I can tell people is be prepared to work and bring a good camera because the sea life out there is awesome. The albatross and the the various birds that you see, the whales, and occasionally you come up with a very big shark. At least you can get a picture. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be really cool to catch a blue shark as long as you're not bringing them in the boat, and I'm pretty sure you're not. Oh, you're looking at me like maybe you are? We have some of those larger toothy sharks occasionally also. (laughs) I see. Well, I don't know if I want to recreate that scene from Jaws or not where you need a bigger boat, but I will tell you this, folks. If you're looking for any of these trips, and we didn't even get into sturgeon, that is also an option in the Columbia River estuary. Contact Pacific Salmon Charters. The cost is very affordable. The, The tuna trip's the most expensive one. That's $450, but these other trips are all in between $250 and $160. Very affordable fishing trip. Lots of places to stay in El Waco and Astoria. You're going to have a great time. The website to go to PacificSalmonCharters.com That's PacificSalmonCharters.com Milt, always a pleasure to see you. Nice to see you too, John. Thank you. fishing help salmon and make money you can do it from may 1st through september 30th by catching northern pike minnow and turning them in for cash here's how it works first register at a designated station on the columbia or snake river then go fishing at the end of the day turn in any pike minnow you catch nine inches or longer and look for the ones with tags worth 500 bucks you'll get vouchers for those pike minnow you turn in and you mail those in for cash find out more at pikeminnow.org Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Warehouse. Better still, the knowledgeable staff can help you with tips and in-store seminars, all designed to help you bag a trophy or a limit. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. We've got time for one more shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. Welcome back. You know, now is the time to stock up for some time at the range, whether you are sighting in your rifle or plinking with the 22 or 
shooting some clay pigeons, or practicing your archery skills. No matter which one of these you're doing this spring, Sportsman's Warehouse has what you need for your day on the range. They've got ammunition, they've got arrows, they've got scopes, they've got targets, they've even got rifles and shotguns for you, and they've got them all with a great selection. So head on down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today, or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. And now it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And it's about dangerous predators right here in North America. Wolves, cougars, and bears can all be dangerous and deserve a wide berth and healthy respect in the wild. But here's your question. Which one of these three animals has caused the most human fatalities? Is it the bear, the cougar, or the wolf? If you think you know the answer, you know what to do. Go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. If you haven't already, please like and follow our Facebook page. That really helps us out. Then go to the post thread where we have the question and give us your answer there. If you don't do Facebook, and I know a lot of you don't, and I understand why, just go to our website, northwesternoutdoors.com. Shoot us an email and let us know. Which one of these predators has killed the most people here in North America? Is it the cougar, the bear, or the wolf? One lucky person who guesses right wins that $25 gift card we give away every week from Sportsman's Warehouse. It's time to wrap things up. With that in mind, I will say until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors. Outdoors.